Good evening and welcome to the V Brown Bag podcast. I'm Alistair Cook and this is the first of the Druva 30 Minute Challenges, a sponsored podcast. A few quick notes. Uh, do remember to engage with us, with the V Brown Bag crew, through the various Twitter handles that we have for the US and Latam and Amir and the amazing new V Brown Bag Brazil podcast. Lots and lots of great content being created on a regular basis. Keep up with us through the Twitter for your feedback and, and your questions, and get in touch with us. Let us know what you'd like V Brown Bag to cover, things that you're interested in learning more about, and of course volunteer to present about something, because as soon as you suggest something, we'll be volunteering you to help out. So, what are we doing today? Uh, today we're doing a sponsored episode with Druva. You've probably heard a bit about Druva. They've definitely stepped up their presence in the virtualization space in the, the last year. Uh, they are essentially a cloud data platform, and of course I know you've got your cynical view on that everybody's a cloud data platform, but what is Druva's cloud data platform about? Well, there's a chunk of it that's about backup. So Druva, when you first think about them, are a data protection backup company. Their origins are an endpoint backup, so backing up workstations and maybe servers, particularly in a physical environment where you've got a small number of servers and a bunch of particularly mobile workstations, the endpoint backup is really good for that. But once you've got a good backup technology, you're going to extend it to other places, and they now have this Phoenix project, which is a Phoenix project, it's the Phoenix product. Uh, Phoenix Project is another really good book around DevOps, but the Phoenix Product is the Druva one, which is around backing up on-premises virtual machines, and that's particularly what we're going to have a look at here, is backing up some vSphere virtual machines using the Phoenix Product. Uh, there is also functionality around backing up on-premises physical machines using Phoenix, as well as backing up your data that's in cloud. So they have some solutions around backing up software as a service application data. Think things like Office 365, being able to back up the content inside your Office 365 environment and restore them when people do stupid things like delete things they shouldn't. Another really interesting thing that I think Druva's onto a winner for is the ability to back up some of your AWS application. So AWS allows you to build applications using this Meccano set of pieces, or Lego set if you're US rather than British based, uh, where you assemble together a collection of parts and you in inject some of your own special logic, but you build your application. All of your data lives inside it. Now, they will make your data robust. AWS has got some really good figures around the, the protection of your data, but they don't necessarily let you roll back to particular points in time, restore at particular points. And I think there's a market opportunity that Druva has seen too. So there's some nice functionality about backing up data that's inside the applications that you have built on top of these AWS services. And then of course, once you've got data into your platform and uh, Druva implements a big cloud platform for storing your backup data, then we need to manage that. And at one level, it's restoring the actual files and VMs that you've backed up. At another level, it's enabling disaster recovery. And this is a really cool functionality, the ability to take a virtual machine that you've backed up from on-premises vSphere environment and restore it into an AWS EC2 instance for disaster recovery. So go from on-premises vSphere to in-cloud, uh, cloud-native virtual machine instances. That's a really cool functionality, and part two of the challenge is to actually implement that. Other parts of the cloud, cloud data management, 
all of the things that you think about with managing data that is uh, particularly backup data, but copies of, of real live data since that's what it is. So the ability to archive for compliance requirements, to do search and analytics on that data, and particularly the ability to do e-discovery. You're involved in some uh, litigation and you need to find out who had access to what information at which date. That kind of, of uh, e-discovery and analytics is really important for large customers. Important things about the Druva cloud pl data platform is that it is an as-a-service architecture. So that the backup platform that they provide is a Druva service provided out of the public cloud. It happens to live on AWS, but Druva have their own service that sits on top of it. And really cool functionality is that ability to back up an on-premises VMware virtual machine and restore it into the cloud as your DR, particularly important if you only have one data center. You don't have anywhere else to restore your data to for disaster recovery. So what's the challenges that we're going to do? So uh, I was chatting with uh, the CEO of Druva about what we'd do for this, and he came up with some challenges and said, show me how much you can do in 30 minutes. And so we've got two parts to the challenge. What we're going to cover today is the ability to deploy the Druva Phoenix software into an existing vSphere environment and provide a complete local backup of a bunch of virtual machines as well as doing file level uh, and, and then do restores. So file level restores as well as full VM restores. The second challenge is going to be around AWS. So the ability to back up your on-premises vSphere virtual machines and restore them into AWS. And that's the, the second challenge that we'll do. That one will probably be a, a month away. And the objective of these challenges is that the time that I'm occupied on them should be 30 minutes, and that's what you'll see in the videos. The actual payload effort part of doing these challenges will be around 30 minutes, and so the middle piece of the video when I'm actually doing the action should only be 30 minutes long. Now, one of the things that we'll see as a challenge in here is that internet times, internet is a, a factor for us. So there are a few things that you have to do that were dependent on internet transfer times. And here in New Zealand, it's kind of slow. So I'm 160 milliseconds of round trip time between here and San Jose. It means that my internet connection, uh, maximum speed I can get between here and San Jose is about 10 megabits per second. So large data transfers from here to US West are going to take quite a while. And nobody spends the whole time watching that progress bar and I'm going to skip out of all of those things. So there's a series of things that we'll have to do where there's going to be some waiting time, right? Backing up virtual machines to AWS, uh, that kind of thing. We just won't count that as the time because of course you've got other work to do, you've got to go up and do it, and so I'm going to edit out that from, from the um, videos. So each of, a, of the 30 minutes is actually 30 minutes of my time working on it when I'm not working on something else, and that's what you'll see in the videos. Uh, because I do have that relatively slow internet connection, and even to my nearest AWS region, which is where the backups are actually going to, to get copied across, it's not West Coast US, I'm actually closer to Sydney in Australia where there's the um, an, an AWS location and where uh, Druva actually have their application in that, that AWS zone. It's only a four hour flight away from here, so it's relatively close. Uh, I haven't actually checked the round trip time to Sydney from here, but it should be significantly better. It should be probably a third or a quarter of the round trip time that I have to uh, to San Jose. 
so I should be able to get much better data transfers. Even so, it's still going to be much slower than I might like, and so that's why it's really important in this first challenge that I'm going to do local backups. So Druva is a cloud native backup, but they also have this thing called Cloud Cache, which I'll be deploying in a few minutes, that allows me to use a local backup server as a temporary staging location on my network, and then have the backups complete to local storage, and then replicate that data out to the Druva service for disaster recovery. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, some things that took me some time and, and reasons that I had to run through this deployment process a couple of times. One was I couldn't get the download of the uh, virtual appliance that's about a gigabyte in the size. It took a little bit uh, too long to download on my slow connection. Uh, and then I found that I needed a machine on which I could install Cloud Cache. Uh, it's not part of the virtual appliance you actually installed as a piece of Windows software on an existing Windows machine. If you're doing this in the real world, you're probably already going to have a backup server in order to restore to, uh, to, to use as that cache. Well, that's where you'd install Cloud Cache on that backup server. I didn't have that, so I had to build myself a new machine to be my, my Cloud Cache um, instance. And you'll see that. So there are a couple of challenges along the way. Uh, also, it's really important to uh, read up the documentation. Uh, head across to druva.com to find out more about Druva's software and have a look at the documentation. So docs.druva.com and there's a Phoenix uh, folder on there that has all of the documentation about what I'm doing, which is the sort of enterprise backup. There's also a, uh, a sync product, which is the endpoint backup. Um, there's other documentation for that and we won't be looking at that in this, this video series. And of course, Druva are smart enough to have their own YouTube channel, so have a look at Druva TV on YouTube. Well, I think that's enough of an introduction. Let's get started on our 30-minute challenge to do local backups. So this is my standard vSphere environment in my lab. This is my semi-production uh, environment. I've built a couple of virtual machines to play with and potentially destroy. I don't particularly want to fail over my production environment across into the AWS cloud and then bring it back again because I use it every day and it's sitting here on, on my reasonably fast network. Uh, so I've built a couple of virtual machines called Protect Me and Protect Me 2. They're a 2008 R2 machine and a 2016 machine. Uh, those are the two machines that I'm going to back up and, and play with. And then I also built my cloud cache virtual machine. This is where I'm going to have the local cache copy of my backups for fast restores. All right, it's what, 7.36 p.m. here in New Zealand, and let's get started. When you sign up with Druva, you get an a, uh, with the, this uh, backup application, you, you get credentials to log on to their, their cloud portal. So all management and administration is through this cloud portal. So I am on my normal personal email address, and where's my password, let me just paste that in from somewhere else, uh, paste that and log in, uh, no, never mind, the other form, you don't need to remember that password for me. Load up and we can see that I have a, a nice little dashboard here showing me multiple potential organizations, showing me that I'm authorized to store backups only in the uh, Sydney AWS zone or the, the um, 
yeah, the, the Australian uh, AWS zone, which is my closest zone. This I don't know if you can see this little speck above the B here of zero zero bytes. Uh, that's that's New Zealand, and that's that tiny slither of land is where I live. So we have our dashboard. We have no organisations currently set up. Uh, there is a default organization. I'm not going to mess with him. I'm just going to create myself a new organization. And since I'm backing up my Demitas data center, this is going to be called Demitas and the Taronga data center. And now I've got a, a new organization created, still nothing backed up in there. So I'm going to drill into the Demitas organization and tell it what I want to do. So I want to start by backing up. VMware virtual machines. You can see that I could back up a server with its agent installed. I could back up NAS devices with a, a backup proxy, but I'm going to do a Hyper-V uh, virtualization as well. I'm going to do a VMware setup. It takes me through this little wizard where it says download this OVF. Yeah, I've already downloaded the OVF. And then it says deploy the OVF template to VMware vSphere. So here back in my vSphere environment, I'm going to grab my ESX server and say deploy OVF template. And then in the wizard, I'm going to say from my local file, and there is my one one gigabyte uh, Phoenix OVA. Okay, for that one, we'll go next in here and say, what do you want to call it? Well, we'll give it the default virtual machine name. And then it's going to live on my ESXi server in the Taronga data center. Check that everything is going to be happy, that I have enough CPU and memory in my ESX server. And then it says this is what we're going to do. Um, 100 gig thick provision, 2.5 gig thin provision. Yeah, let's go through. Accept the license agreement. Sure, I accept the license agreement. I've scrolled to the bottom and read it very carefully. Honest, I have. Uh, where am I going to store it? So I'm going to go thick provision lazy zeroed and I'm going to place it on my SATA SSD. Yeah, I've got 400 gigs of free space. It is giving me a bit of a warning because that is only around 20%. Uh, virtual machine network is going to be my Demitas network where all of my other virtual machines live. And then there's some customizations in here. Now I'm going to work with a, a DHCP assigned IP address, so network uh, settings are okay. Uh, host name is fine, but I'm going to provide my vCenter server details in here. You don't have to do it at this point, but this way, at least notionally, I'm not entering my credentials in a uh, web service. I'm doing this in at least uh, an off-premises web service. Uh, I'm doing it here on my own network. That's me, uh, and then that's my password. We'll see if I can type it twice. Yes, I typed it twice. Um, the same. And then if we've got a proxy server, we've got some settings for that because, of course, the this um, Druva backup proxy has to be able to reach the, the web service. But very importantly, there's this activation piece in here. The activation token is what associates this particular deployed appliance with my account with Druva. And if I pop back into the Druva console and click next, it will generate an activation token for me. So I'm going to call the activation token uh, Demitas. Go next, and there's my activation token. So we copy that, head to the clipboard, 
back in here and deploy in the OVF and paste. Uh, let's also get ourselves a New Zealand time zone. Play it does and validates everything and we can go finish. So at this point we have a virtual appliance being deployed out and that'll take a moment or three to deploy. Um, then when the copy is complete we will need to power it on I guess. While we're waiting for that one of the things to see is the phoenix.druva.com on that login page. Onto here. I just wanted that first page, please. <laughs> no, it's going to send me on. Okay, on on the login page is a link to the uh, docs.druva. I'm having more trouble typing Druva than I did uh, typing my password. That's that's very unusual. Uh, there is an extensive documentation uh, set here. Uh, lots and lots of different bits of documentation. I spent most of my time looking at this uh, section here of backing up and restoring VMware virtual machines and read through some of this information to work out what the heck it was I was supposed to be doing. Of course I had to also take a look at the section about the cloud cache that's the, the local cache of my backups. But let's take a look here. The virtual appliance is now deployed out so if I tell the web client to warm up again. Oh, web client decide that I can power it on. It has been deployed. Let's refresh. Now I can power it on. Gotta love you some VMware web client. Uh, this proxy as you can see is a CentOS Linux machine and doesn't take terribly long to get started and, uh, and begin to be ready. Identified that it can't do right same because I just have a single SSD underneath, but of course because it's an SSD, it's nice and fast. So at this point, the finish the wizard. Um, what we should see in the dashboard for Demitas, VMware's not yet showing up. So the virtual appliance will be still reaching out over the internet and talking to my um, talking to the, the web service and getting registered up. So let's see if we refresh. There's no on-page refresh, so I'll just refresh the whole page. How are we doing? Still no VMware's to be had. Okay, so we actually have vCenter showing up there. We've got one backup proxy available. So if I go back to the dashboard, there we go. So no protected virtual machines, 12 known virtual machines in the VMware area. So here we go in, we'll look at our total. Ooh, before we do anything else though, we'd better get that, that Cloud Connect component installed at a uh, Cloud Cache. So that's going to be installed on my Cloud Cache virtual machine. RDP Connect into him. Uh, first thing to do is in here in my 200 gig. I've got 150 gigs of free space. I'm going to create a folder in here to use as the cache repository called Druva, just to keep the uh, names of everything confusing. And then I'm going to pop in here and run this Windows uh, installer that's going to install that cloud cache. Run that. Next. 
set the license agreement next put it in the usual place install and away it goes and does the install finish and then it says I need to enter an activation code so back in the Druva console we need to manage cloud cache now I don't find the UI here for the Druva console particularly intuitive but as I've been using it for a little while I'm getting more used to how it works so this is going to be the Dimitas cloud cache and now we've got another token and it's a different token to the one that we had for adding vCenter pop back in paste it in and activate and again the cloud cache goes out and registers with, uh, with the web portal the uh, information service let's just check that the windows firewall is currently disabled great I'm connected to my domain the firewall is off um, I had a problem the first time I ran a backup here that the firewall was on and so my backup um, proxy couldn't talk to the cloud cache server so finish on him and we'll see that we have an unconfigured Demitas cloud cache so we'll go in here and grab him we're going to hit the configure button oh no we're not because I just realized that it's still showing a network status of not connected so this this red here tells us that the cloud cache is not yet connected if we come back in here and run up the cloud cache so yeah it just says it's successfully finished successfully registered there's nothing much more to be done in there just wait a little bit longer and we should see the network come up successfully in here there we go network has come up successfully so the web service the clouds uh, Druva's cloud service is now correctly connected to my cloud cache that allows me to do the configuration for it in particular it lets me browse the file system and find the location that I want to store the cache then I can specify how much of that 150 gigs of available space I want to use for the cloud cache and so 130 and of course if it fills up or if the cloud cache machine is off for some reason do the backups directly up to uh, AWS don't don't fail those backups just because my cloud cache is, is not currently up certainly the point of the cloud cache is that it's a location to which we do the backup uh, but it's it's not the final resting place for the backup so it allows us to quickly complete the backup through local data copies and then stream the data up to AWS over time afterwards currently I've got no backup sets defined and we'll, we'll need to do that we'll need to protect some virtual machines and then we can set up some retention so we can set up how long we should retain backup sets locally let's keep it fairly short because I didn't allocate a lot of space so I can restore from every backup taking the last 10 days provided I have enough capacity uh, and then it says I should back up locally but then I should sync to the cloud now the sync to the cloud is going to drive your ability to use disaster recovery functionality and equally to restore from the cloud so we should probably do that reasonably often and allocate quite a lot of bandwidth for it so I'm going to do that at 7 a.m. because I think I'm going to start my backups at 6 a.m. I think I'll add also a 6 p.m. backup uh, but I'll only do that on work days so you can see I can have multiple schedules we can have different controls over the bandwidth in fact let's also add a 
12 p.m. Let's do a lunchtime backup as well, but let's only use one megabit's worth of bandwidth rather than using full bandwidth. So if there's backups to be replicated at, at one at uh, midday, they will be replicated, but they'll use less bandwidth so they don't impact production so much. So Cloud Cache is now successfully configured. All is good on there. So I better go back and set up some backups. So again, pop into the VMware area, find my 12 virtual machines, and let's configure some backup for my two Protect Me machines. I'll configure them for backup. Where am I going to store? Destination for the backup is always a cloud location. And of course, I'm, I'm authorized with a Sydney data center. Uh, no administrators group, so let's create a new administrative group. Uh, let's call it Demitas. Um, this is to collect together a bunch of uh, protected virtual machines. It's an administrative function rather than being um, necessarily uh, about backups uh, that are actually being applied to them. Again, no backup policy, so we need to create one. And let's look at this as our basic protection. I'm just going to take a, a fairly simple backup structure. Um, since I'm replicating data at 7 a.m., so the backup at, at uh, 5 a.m. is good. Uh, and we'll let it use 10 megs of bandwidth. And then we'll also add a midday backup. Again, midweek, oh, and if I were replicating my cloud cache up, maybe I would do that at 11 a.m. instead. And then I'd better add a uh, 6 p.m. as well. And again, that one's going to be weekdays only. Right, ignore the duration for the first backup um, and retry. Cool, sounding good. Retention, how long should I ret retain each of these these uh, backup points? So retain everything for eight days, just over a week. Um, actually, let's, let's go for 15 days. I want to re restore from every backup point in the last two weeks. Weekly revisions, I'm going to take nine weeks of that, so two months worth. Monthly revisions, I'm going to keep for a year. Once we're out that far, we're unlikely to want to retain. And then, of course, uh, seven years for yearly retention because that uh, covers some of the, the legal requirements here in New Zealand. Uh, enable change block tracking, that makes the backup scan much faster, and enable VMware tools quiescing as well so that we get nice consistent data, particularly for Windows machines that have volume shadow copy aware applications. Uh, VMware tools will trigger a VSS. All right, let's finish that. We've got a bunch of virtual machines. Um, they're being backed up fairly frequently. And then who are they going to be backed up by? My default backup proxy pool. That sounds good to me. We'll finish that. Now, the thing that I've not yet seen is a way to configure cloud cache on those backups at this point. I found that I need to come back in here and configure my cloud cache and then I need to come into the backup sets of my cloud cache and attach more backup sets. Um, and I can then turn on those two virtual machines and say I want them to be attached to this cloud cache. 
there may be a place where you can say everything that is in, in this backup policy should use the, the cloud cache. I haven't seen that. I haven't gone looking for it yet. Uh, let's see if those backups are triggering now. So we've got the backups are in the queue and they should begin shortly. So how long have I been talking about installing this? Probably around 15 minutes, 20 minutes to deploy out and get at the point where I am set up to back up a couple of virtual machines. Alright, well I don't think you want to sit and watch these backups run and so I will let the backups run. I'm going to go off and do something else. I've got uh, a phone call to be on at 8pm at my time and so I will check back in once that phone call completes and see how those backups went and how long they took. Of course, you won't notice the gap because they'll just be a fade to black. So it turns out my phone call got me a little later in the evening than I'd planned on, and so I went to bed. Uh, here we are the next day, and some backups have completed. You can see at the bottom, backup jobs number 30 and 31. Well, those initial backups of Protect Me and Protect Me 2, you can see that they started at 7.53 and finished at 8.09, so 16 minutes to complete. You'll also see that there's backup jobs um, that have run since then, and those are the regularly scheduled backups at 5pm and 11pm. Uh, so that's all behaving quite nicely, and if we refresh that, maybe some more backups. No, no more backups have run since then. Taking a look at the cloud cache and drilling into the dashboard, you can see that we're now using 17 gigs of cloud cache uh, capacity and so that's the amount of space consumed by the deduped and compressed backup data on that cache. And if I drop out to the dashboard to get our overall view you can see that we have a total of 85 gigs of data so at the bottom we can see 85 gigs of data is being backed up which constitutes down here you can see 17.58 uh, gigabytes of data that's actually being stored in the, uh, the region so in the uh, Druva uh, repositories sitting on AWS in Sydney. Uh, but that represents 85 gigs of data in my machines and so it's about a 5 to 1 dedupe and compress ratio or data efficiency ratio which is pretty cool. So now I've backed stuff up maybe I should uh, do something catastrophically stupid and go and do a restore. So I'm going to start by just getting rid of my machine. So protect me uh, I'm just going to power it off and delete from disk and do a full VM restore. D-d-d-d-d, power off, yes. Delete from disk, well, wait for the task to complete. Then I can delete from disk. So this is a administrative error by somebody who's in a privileged position who should know better than just deleting virtual machines willy-nilly. Uh, We'll go back into our um, protection, have a look at our two protected virtual machines, and we'll have a look at protect me that I've just deleted, and we'll go for a restore now. What do I want to do? I want to do a full VM restore. When do I want to do it from? That's the most recent backup that we have. You can see there are some the original backup and then the uh, 5 a.m. one. Uh, so we've got our 11am backup and I will do a full VM restore. 
push it back to the original location with the original settings here. That sounds good. Uh, let's go do it. I will overwrite the original virtual disks. No, it won't because they've already been deleted. Uh, <laughs> but of course, normally they would. And depending upon why you're doing this restore, you may choose to restore to an alternate location. Okay, restore request has been created. Let's have a look at the jobs. So the restore is now queued. Let's see how quickly it starts that up. There we go, it's underway already. And so we should start to see some progress in here. After a little while, I wonder if vCenter has realized something's gone on yet. Uh, we don't yet have a VM back, which is unsurprising since the backup is 0% complete. Oh, and it failed with an error code. What's the error code? Da, 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 da. Virtual failed to find a VM. That's interesting. Okay, so I couldn't do a full VM restore to a VM that didn't exist anymore. That's interesting. How about we take the same workflow, uh, protect me, and we do a restore, and we'll do a full VM restore, but now we'll do to an alternate location. So alternate location, it's actually exactly where we put it, compute resource, we're going to throw him back on Make browse button. Why is the browse button not working? Of course I can't go next because I haven't chosen a place. Alright, we'll just carry on as it is. Queued. 0% complete. Let's see if this one will throw out to an error. The last one took, what, 11 seconds from commencing the job to throw out to an error. Well, this one has taken more than 11 seconds. Anything going on here? So we've now got a virtual machine coming in called protectme underscore one. So there's some progress going on. Interesting that there's an underscore one name on it. That may well have shown up somewhere in the UI. All right, at this point we'll be doing that data transfer and I'm guessing that that will also take another 10 or so minutes to pull the data out of the dedupe store on the, the cloud cache and push it onto the data store. So we'll see that um, progress over time. Protect me. And configured. Connected to the right port groups. That seems all right. How are we doing? Something seems to be busy, taking a while to answer. And still no progress bar on here. Alright, well we'll let that restore run and then we'll come back and take a look at it when it is. Alright, well that backup completed, uh, sorry that restore completed. Uh, it took around 12 minutes to complete which is a fairly good restore time for a virtual machine with what, 8 gigs of data inside it. Dropping back into the vSphere web client, I have that protectme underscore one virtual machine that I can now power on and we can watch Windows start up.
Come on, open my console, please. Right, of course, it was an unclean shutdown. Um, VSCS had done its thing, but the uh, file system was were all mounted when the backup occurred. And so as a result, we got a, an unclean shutdown message there. Uh, but Windows then just starts up and, and we're away. So that's fairly successful. I have a, a quick restore of a relatively small virtual machine behaving in the way that you would expect a, a restore of a VM to behave. Alright, so whole virtual machine restore is one thing, uh, but we probably also want a more granular restore. So let's see how my Protect Me 2 machine is coming along. Uh, it's installing some updates. Uh, I have this set of secret plans in here of uh, a master plan for world domination that I think is, is going to be my secret uh, to a future success. Uh, I've only just created that, so I guess uh, it's not protected until the next backup of Protect Me 2 comes along. So I think what I will do is go and request a backup of Protect Me 2 right now. There we go, backup now. Yes, go do it. Right, so we can see uh, some details of our Protect Me virtual machine. We can see um, backups occurring and those kinds of things. In the job, we will again have that uh, backup job queued up. And I guess we should check back in again in another few minutes when it's complete. So uh, I'll let you get on. Well, I'll let me get on with some work. <laughs> You'll just get yet another fade to black and return when we have that uh, backup completed. Well, the incremental backup only took around two minutes, so that was nice and quick. And now I guess I'd better uh, go and accidentally delete something really important. Uh, and shift delete so it's permanently deleted and gone. Oh, drat, I've lost my very important secret plans. I wonder if I can restore it. Well. Let's see. Uh, we want to do a restore. We want the restore to be from our latest backup point, because I just created these files. Um, and we want to restore back in place. There we go, latest backup. I want to do a file restore. And now instead of offering me VMDK files and, and restore points, it's going to offer me a file system inside my virtual machine. Here it is. Uh, volume 1 is going to be the C drive. Volume 0 is the, um, volume zero is the, the encryption. Uh, encrypted boot uh, users. Domain administrator, desktop, and look at that, secret plans, please restore secret plans. Uh, restore directly back into the virtual machine. Great. Next, uh, restore to the original virtual machine. Inside the guest OS I need some credentials, so I Of course, I'm mistyping that because everybody's watching. There we go. Where do I want to restore to? I actually want to restore to the original location. Does that give me an option? <laughs> D colon. No, that's not the name of my domain. 
select the location. I want it to go back to the original, and it should have been a uh, immediately selected option here. And put it on my desktop, please. Finish. Download logo form. Overwriting the existing. Away we go. Well, while the uh, restore progresses, let's see if it completes nice and quickly. It shouldn't take long to restore one folder and uh, um, one file inside it. Alright, there we go. Completed the restore. Took 24 seconds to restore. And so what do I see inside my RDP session? Oh, look at that. Secret plan's still here. And my master plan is still available to me. I can still uh, dominate the world. All right, well, that was easy enough to do whole virtual machine restores and file level restores. Not completely happy with some of the, the defaults in there. In particular, when I said I want you to restore to the original location, it didn't offer me the original location that would have been rather nicer. Still, total effort time involved in deploying the Druva backup software and configuring protection for a couple of virtual machines was pretty short. Uh, it did take a little while for the backups to complete but that's backups for you, at least I didn't have hundreds of gigabytes of data to back up which would have taken significantly longer. So I think we've successfully completed the first challenge. We've done the whole deploy and the backup, done restores. I think that's that's pretty successful. Tune in again for the next Druva sponsored uh, challenge where we'll take those same virtual machines that I've backed up locally and we'll back them up to the AWS cloud or Druva's service and restore them into uh, AWS services as EC2 instances in the vBrownBag AWS account. Keep watching for that video and keep following vBrownBag on Twitter.